Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Steve Young. He was born in Owensboro, Kentucky, and he began his acting career as a voiceover artist for radio commercials and audiobook narrations. His professional film acting career has certainly evolved, beginning with CMT music videos for Tim McGraw, the Eli Young Band, and MTV for the features, short film documentaries, national TV commercials, and most recently, feature film opportunities have become the norm for Steve. In early 2018, he was cast in the lead role for a Screen Actors Guild film sponsored by Pure Flix, titled Christmas Manger, premiered in November 2018. Steve is also the president and owner of Career Solution Resource, LLC, a global executive search firm, and on the board of directors of Healing Reigns, a regional nonprofit therapeutic horse riding organization for veterans with PTSD and special needs children. Wow, Steve, you are one busy man. Welcome to Shape by Faith. Well, thank you. Appreciate you having me, and um, hopefully I can uh, uh, answer your questions well and inspire a few people to reach past their comfort zone and go where the Lord guides them. Absolutely. Well, let's let's start at the beginning. Did you enjoy acting or being in front of people as a child? <laughs> Had no clue, no inclination, no desire to be an actor as a child. None at all. Really? No, really? I, I was was never uh, shy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess, reached past some uh, some comfort zones in, in doing public speaking. I was the very first president of FFA at Apollo High School back in 1973, I believe. Oh, wow. And began standing in front of people and speaking and doing all those things that uh, you do. And uh, I was an athlete. Uh, making making uh, presentations and speeches sometimes at different events. So that kind of came natural to me. But as far as acting, never thought about it. <laughs> well, you are good with people. You're very personable. I remember, gosh, this was, you and I talked about this maybe 2004, 2005, when I interviewed you um, for community television. And uh, you're you're very easy to talk with. You're very personable and everything. It seems to come natural for you to be in front of the camera. So what were you doing before your acting career? Well, done a lot of things. I actually started my executive search firm back in uh, 1986 um, and began that as a career, uh, which uh, is another another story of its own. Um, I also had a, a passion for the equine world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had horses uh, for over 50 years and uh, started a company uh, that dealt with uh, the equine world and, and uh, teaching children how to ride and, and having equine events and all kinds of things. And so I was, again, being interviewed a lot for that in, uh, in local and regional uh, newspapers, uh, TV, things of this nature. Uh, that's when you came to see me. And yes. uh, we, we talked about uh, Cowboys of Kentucky and all the things it was doing. Uh, so my my history prior to acting was involved, uh, again, in the executive search world. I was exo- involved in the equine world. Um, and I started doing voiceover work, uh, goodness, uh, early 80s, I guess. Uh, people had always commented on my voice. And so I thought, well, 
okay, what am I supposed to do with that? And uh, I went to a radio station uh, and said, you know, everybody always talks about my voice. Maybe I should be on the radio. And two days later, I was on the radio. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. Uh, that was a WBKR. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, started doing some uh, DJ work. Mm-hmm. And then I got a few phone calls about, hey, we'd love you to do a commercial for us. Uh, okay. How do you do that? And so uh, I went to NTA Studios over in Evansville and, and actually cut several national commercials. And I made more in, you know, in an hour than I did in a day being a DJ. Wow. <laughs> so, I, I bet you did. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, maybe this is something. And so uh, as then time went on, uh, doing a lot of uh, commercial voiceover work, uh, got into book narrations and, and I've got several books uh, that I narrated that's on Amazon. And again, these were I was paid to do that by the authors of the book and uh, uh, decided to acquire an agent uh, so I could do something a little past, you know, the region. Mm-hmm. The agent convinced me that maybe I ought to do camera work. And I said, well, you know, I've looked in the mirror and I don't know why anybody wants me on <laughs> film. And uh, so, but they convinced me to do it. And lo and behold, uh, that career kind of took off uh, in the acting world because of, again, having a talent agent. I now have two talent agents in two different parts of the country. Wow. Well, I mean, your work did take off and you do have a good look. It's a, it is a cowboy rugged look. I mean, I'm sure that's called for a lot when it comes to movies and we're going to hear more about that. But I want to talk about your voiceover work. You said that you recorded the King James Bible. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, actually the New Testament part of mm-hmm. the King James. Uh, it, which took me a year, by the way. Did it really? Uh, I had belonged to several different uh, voiceover online uh, sources where people would ask you to audition for things. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, of course, an audio demo that I threw on there that, of different commercials. And I get a call from some guy in Alaska that wanted me to uh, narrate the entire King James Bible. Well, I thought, well, what an honor. I mean, yes. you imagine being asked that and being the voice of God. And so uh, we negotiated a little bit. I had no idea of the time involved. I was just feeling uh, blessed to have the opportunity and, and then to have the honor of, of of doing that. And a year later, I completed the New Testament. A year later. And this is doing it, uh, you know, three, four times a week. Oh, my uh, God. How long did you work on that three or four times a week? Like hours? I, oh, I could say I probably put in... Uh, uh, probably 20 hours a week times at least 50 weeks. Wow. Okay. Because it's not just reading it. You've got to narrate it and then all the words properly. We're talking King James. Yes. <laughs> no, we're not talking about an abridged edition. So I had three thesauruses up on my screen to be able to pronounce the words right. Oh, wow. And then after you get it all done, now we got to go back and edit. Editing means removing all the little lip pops and smacks and hiccups and, you know, the doorbell and everything else <laughs> that's not supposed to be in there. You know, the Lord speaking, all of a sudden the dog barks. Nope, that ain't going to work. That so is funny. You have to go back and edit that, which takes as long to do that and master it, the, the recording, as it does to actually uh, narrate it. See, I so, didn't know you edited your work, Steve. Yeah, uh, I have a home studio in, in software. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about that a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not something that that uh, a layman should tackle because it, it takes a uh, talent to know what to do, how to fix this, how to change different things. And, you know, the software can be very complex 
working being fairly easy depending on what you get. But uh, you can create a home studio now and record all kinds of things where before you had to have, you know, this huge uh, mixing board and all kinds of stuff. And now you can do it through your computer. And as long as you have some soundproofing in a room, uh, you can, you can record a lot of things. So that's what I do, uh, when I do record something is I uh, use my home studio, uh, unless they're going to send uh, the uh, raw, uh, recording to a, to a studio to have it mastered. And they're the, uh, the people who know what they're doing, spending, spend time to tweak it, adjust it and make me sound like the <laughs> voice of God. So that's, that's wow. what I do. Well, how did you learn? I mean, did you know how to edit? Did it come natural to you? Did you have to learn it? Had learned it, had no clue. <laughs> God has a great sense of humor, doesn't he? He really uh, yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. I've asked for answers, you know, stone tablets on my head, you know, write it in the sand. <laughs> you know, so far that that hadn't happened. So you had to listen real close and just pray a lot, and and uh, and hopefully it'll come to you what the Lord wants you to do, or how do I do this? And sometimes it's pay somebody who knows how. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, ask someone. Yeah, ask them. All right, so we're going to take a really quick break here, so we'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Steve Young, born in Owensboro, Kentucky, he began his acting career as a voiceover artist for radio commercials, audiobook narrations, and wow, um, God sure has brought you a far uh, distance, hasn't he, Steve? I mean, you're doing feature films. Um, you, you were in that Pure Flix movie, Christmas Manger. I love Pure Flix. Um, you've been doing a lot. Um, so let's, let's talk about your acting. Did your voiceover work lead you to become an actor or how did you get into that? Uh, yes. Uh, again, I've never thought about being an actor before, uh, but doing voice work connected me with, uh, national talent agents, uh, which also do film, you know, uh, work as far as booking people, casting agents, things of this nature. Mm-hmm. So because of that, uh, I connected with a agent in Tennessee, uh, two of them, one in Knoxville, one in Nashville, and then later on connected with another agent in, uh, Louisville, Indianapolis, uh, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people keep me busy um, with auditioning for different types of whether it's film uh feature film commercials documentaries um uh, and and you know sometimes audio voiceover work just got a uh, thing today uh asking me about doing a narration for them and uh, i've got a zoom meeting with them next week to determine if i'm going to do that wow do you like doing what you're doing steve you know, I, I kind of do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's not something I, again, chose. It kind of chose me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, I was blessed to have kind of a voice that's different from others, I guess, because uh, I'll never forget. I was uh, I got an email from somebody who had been in the LAX airport watching uh, or walking through that, that airport, and they said, all of a sudden, I know I heard your voice, and I kept following it, and it was a TV up on the monitor in one of the terminals, and it was a commercial I was on, and they recognized my voice. So wow. having a recognizable voice, I guess, is good, can be bad. <laughs> and uh, so that that's enjoyable. Uh, I, I, I like impacting people. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the words that I speak said properly mm-hmm. maybe can change someone's life. And uh, that, that also led my, me into doing a lot of public speaking, and then I kind of was a fill-in pastor at my church, and did a Wednesday night sermon kind of thing and, 
And so that's, that's honoring God, thanking him for the gifts that he gave me. And yes. so to answer your question, yes, uh, the acting thing is a challenge. It takes me totally out of my comfort zone and it makes me, you know, reach for the ability to do that. And Lord willing, I, I will try to do it right. <laughs> so well, I believe you're in um, the right direction and God has protected you and he's watching over you. And I love how God places things in our path that we don't know how to do and we have to learn how to do them. But he shows them, shows us how to do that Um, with acting, editing, whatever you're doing. It sounds like God is just open door after door after door. How would you describe yourself as an actor? Good question. Uh I guess I have to get into character, uh, to become that person. Uh, I've had to portray homeless veterans, uh, portrayed a, a widowed uh, rancher in the, the, the feature film, uh, Christmas Manger. Um, having grown up on a ranch with cows and horses, that, that wasn't a hard one for me. Um, uh, I have to take myself to the, to a place that has the same emotion as my character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard. I can't really fake it. I have to become it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that is, uh, whatever method you call that is the way that I approach it. Um, and that seems to help, uh, whether I'm angry or I'm sad, I'm happy, uh, I'm inquisitive. I have to think about something in my head that makes me feel that way. And then my facial expressions and my voice inflection, which is what acting is all about, mm-hmm. is natural and it looks real. I can't pretend to be someone I'm not. So I kind of have to be that person to be able to portray it. Well, that makes sense. Have you had any acting lessons along the way? No. All right. Well, you're a natural. It's called living life. I love that. that. Yeah. How long do you stay in character, Steve? Just like during the period of time that they need you to be in that part? Or how do you Uh, do that? Pretty much, yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I just did an audition uh, yesterday for a uh, SAG feature film. And... Uh, the the uh, audition, I had to pick a monologue to do, mm-hmm. and it was a very, very intense monologue about about uh, evil people. And so in my head, about five minutes before I'm doing it, I'm reliving things that made me feel the way I needed to feel to say it right and mm-hmm. to have the facial expressions to emulate the emotions that I was having. So I was in that dark mode for about five minutes before. Mm-hmm. And about five minutes afterwards. And so then I go slap myself and I'm out of it. I'm okay. Wow. Okay. So you were cast as a lead role in a feature film called Christmas Manger. Okay. So what was your favorite part of being in that film? And, and tell us about it. Oh, goodness. That's hard. Uh, I was on set for, you know, a month, uh, living in a lodge, uh, being on set at morning at 7 a.m., leaving at 10 or 11 that night. That's how long days are. Um, and you shoot a lot of scenes, uh, out of a 120 page script, I was in 80 pages of it. So I, I was in a lot of the scenes and, and so it's hard to say exactly what was my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think uh, one of the, the what brings uh, strong memory back to me is when I, uh, approached, uh, my stepdaughter and her children in a hotel room to save them from a, a, uh, uh, a very bad situation with a uh, boyfriend who had been been beating up on her. Uh, I walked in and they thought it was him, but it was me. And so I'm there to, to bring them back to my house and tell them that I love them and tell them that I was going to let go of all the issues that I had and accept them back into my family. 
that was a impactful moment for me. Um, interestingly enough, uh, they were recording in the room next to where we were doing this. And after I finished the scene, understand it's about eight o'clock at night. It's 15 degrees outside. Everybody's freezing to death. And when I finished the scene, I hear applause and I stepped out of the room and the entire cast and crew over in the other rooms walked out and applauded my performance. Wow. It was, thank you, God, I did something right. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I did something right. You know, you had told me that um, we were talking about your faith and how you stayed strong in your commitment to Christ. You said that God... Um, you know, gave you a message like you were going something, going through something really challenging in your life that brought you to your knees. Do you mind sharing that? Uh, I'll share a little. Um, I, I had a very uh, challenging few years, many years ago, and many things were taking from taken from me. Uh, many, many parts of my life were just shattered and thrown at my feet. And I was angry at God for why did this happen to me? What did I do? Uh, that allowed this thing to, uh, totally destroy everything I'd worked for. And in, in those moments of on the knees, uh, reaching for answers, uh, literally screaming at God, you know, what is it you want me to do? Why did you do this? Well, just tell me, you know, the, the stone tablet with the, with the words written on it. Give me an answer. And of course that didn't happen. But what finally occurred to me and what came to me, was God said to me, use the gifts that I gave you for my glory, not just yours. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that. I thought about that. And what was it that I could do? Well, I could use my voice. Well, I could, I could speak to people. Well, maybe I could be the, the person that, uh, that, that emulated the type of Christian faith you would want someone to have in a film. Maybe I could be, uh, that person that, uh, that changed someone's life somehow. And so, I started using those gifts that I th really feel that God gave me mm -hmm. and, and for his glory as best that I can. And that was the answer. And I think that should be anyone's answer when they're trying to find why am I in this position? Why do I have to go through this pain? Well, that pain may be a training to help others through it as well. It may be so many things that you don't realize right now in the moment because God doesn't give you an instruction sheet. He just gives you talents and gifts and expects you to use them somehow for his glory. Absolutely. And, you know, you had to go to God, Steve. I mean, so many people don't. They turn to other things. They don't go to God. You went to God. You cried out to him. He heard your prayer and he did answer it. You know, he has answered it. I, I, and I agree with you. Pain is our training ground and it's it's for God's greater purposes. If we pay attention to what God is doing and why God, you know, we may not know this side of heaven, but he always works things out for our good and for his glory. Well, let's take a real quick break here. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Steve Young, he is an actor. He is a voiceover artist. He's done so many things. And I love hearing, Steve, what God has allowed you to do in your lifetime and what he continues to do. And uh, let's talk about your being cast in Tim McGraw's Humble and Kind number one music video. I mean, what was this like for you? It was an amazing honor first to be in something uh, uh, with Tim McGraw um, and 
as I learned more about the video, uh, again, it hadn't it really hadn't been released. The, the song hadn't when we started recording the video. So it wasn't something that was already on a global stage yet. And I, uh, I listened to the song and I understood the message that he was trying to portray. And it was an amazing message. And I was really blessed to have the opportunity to, um, to portray this iconic cowboy in, mm-hmm. in his video. And I, I met Tim when we were shooting the thing and, uh, kind of a short guy. I didn't had his hat on. I had to bend down to look under his hat, see who he was. And, uh, he looked at me and he says, you know, you're the guy I wish I was. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And it well, obviously again, the character that I was portraying mm-hmm. and, um, interesting why, how I got that role. Yes. My agent called me. Yes. I had to go to, uh, an audition with, you know, a room full of people. And when I went into the casting or to the audition room, uh, where they're actually wanting you to, uh, to talk to them and portray this character, um, they said, can you tell us something that you have ever done that you feel like was humble and kind? And I thought for a moment and it came to me and I shared this story with them. And that is that a long time ago, I used to own a very large equine facility and I had professional rodeos. And I'm riding around before the rodeo on this massive horse of mine. And I spotted this young boy in a wheelchair who was just staring a hole in me beside his mom. Mm. And and I rode up and his mom said, would you mind if my son pet your horse? I said, absolutely, we're going to do this. I get off the horse and I'm and I put his nose down and a young boy in the wheelchair is petting him. And I said, I got a question for you, mom. You think your son like to sit on this 1500 pound horse of muscles? She said, you're kidding me. I said, if you allow it, I'll set this young boy up here on this horse. And I did pick him up out of his wheelchair, set him on there. <laughs> and for about 30 seconds, this young boy had legs. He had the mm. freedom. And I saw his face light up. And I knew that I had made this young man's life for the moment. Wow. Put him back in his wheelchair and rode on. I'll never forget the look on his face. Mm. I shared that with these people. They were in tears. Mm. Three hours later, I got a call out of a hundred people. Wow. I got, I got the role. And so being humble and kind mm. is important. So that message God allowed me to be in that video was big time for me. And isn't that awesome how God gave you that moment, that opportunity, I mean, you had to, you had to be obedient to him and put that boy up on the horse. You had to, um, as God was nudging you, but, and look what he did with that. I mean, that yeah. is amazing. Wow. That is a tearjerker, Steve. It is. It's very impactful. We should all be doing those things in our life, uh, that can help someone else and give them a hand up, you know, uh, make their day just those simple things that we can do, but you did a big thing in, in his life. Um, what was it like playing a homeless veteran in a music video? Well, in my head, I had to become homeless. <laughs> That's true. And was I that hard look. for you? Uh, well, yeah, that was kind of hard. I have mm-hmm. a um, but I got a call again from my agent, uh, didn't have to audition. They just saw my picture and thought I looked bad enough. I needed to be home. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I show up south of Nashville and, and meet the artist and, uh, and we go out into a big park with the production team and, and, um, had to betray this, this veteran named Bent, B-E-N-T, that was, uh, uh, living in the woods because he had nothing else. 
And in that uh, video, he was he had a picture of a young girl that was his daughter that he hadn't seen for decades. Well, guess what? In my pocket was the picture of my daughter that I actually showed on the video. Wow. No one knew it was my daughter, but that evoked emotions, you see. Mm-hmm. And so the looks on my face of looking at my daughter, I was looking at my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the look of desperation, uh, the look of, of, of kindness yet being thrown away is something I had to portray in that video. So it was important. It wasn't a big time video, but I have been invited to several veteran affairs things because, you know, to kind of show that because it was about homeless veterans and, uh, and how we should respect them and reach out to them. So again, one of those God moments, he put me there for a reason. And yes. so I had to, I had to go be that guy. Well, and I saw, and I saw it. It it is a it is a tearjerker, and you know there should not be any homeless veterans in the United States. None. Um, we need to help. We need to help those who have defended our country and and helped us to stay free. Tell us about your book, Change Destiny, and why you wrote it. Uh, I wrote it, uh, I guess, kind of as an antidote to to sorrow and pain, <laughs> and to share a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was a uh, I mean, that's, I'd be at three o'clock in the morning with the tears running down my face, typing away, trying to create the script. Um, but it, it was, I think in, in anybody's moment of desperation, they need somehow some way to vent, mm-hmm. some way to, uh, to tell their story. And that was one of those things that I was using to tell my story and to help people from going down the wrong path. And so that's why I wrote it. And it's not real good. It obviously didn't go a lot of places. It was for sale on Amazon for a long time and I had a book signing and all that, but that was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, you talking to, to a trusted friend or your pastor or talking to God uh, or putting it on paper, uh, is to, to get this, this, this terrible feeling of, uh, of negativity out of your body, get rid of it. So you can go on. And that That's was good. one of the reasons that I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And, and we should all either talk to someone or write it out, especially talk to God. But, yeah, that's a very healing thing to do. Steve, we're out of time. I think I keep uh, speaking with you for a long time, but we have to go and end the show. But thank you so much for being a guest on Shape by Faith. And God's blessings and favor be upon you. Thank you. And to you as well. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more. From the cabinet doors and more studio, this 